Youth and inexperience are hurting this year's UCLA women's basketball team. They could be fighting for first, but it's the youth. Let's talk about it. Unlocked on UCLA. You are locked on UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, it's your favorite host, Locked On UCLA. I'm Zach, Zach Henderson Yoxheimer. Can't even say my own name, but here we go. Thanks for making Locked On UCLA your first listen each and every day. It's free where we get your podcasts, and it's available on YouTube. So click that subscribe button, and thanks for your support. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the new official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. So we got a good fun show for you as we talk about some UCLA women's basketball. They've gone through a little bit of a slide and it's cost them dearly when it comes to seeding, Pac-12 title implications, Pac-12 tournament seeding implications. Well, Corey Close is a very good team this year. They're that close between being a good team, a great team, and a national championship contender because those are different tiers. Being a good team, UCLA is a good team. Being a great team is another tier. And then being a national title contender, that's going on the road and being a UConn or a South Carolina, which the Bruins have competed. And that's what we've, I've been holding that standard of. They can compete on the road, compete with the good teams, but winning the close games down the stretch have been brutal for the Bruins. Recently, a lot of youth, the likes of Charisma Osborne battling back from injury. And here the Bruins are. Sitting after a three-game slide, which was snapped against Arizona State, but we'll talk about the slide first. Eighteen and six, seven and five in Pac-12 play. All six of their losses this season. The Bruins have been competitive until the very end, and not just the oh, ah shucks, they were fighting to the end. Like no, legitimately against South Carolina, the Bruins had the lead by double figures on the road in Columbia, and couldn't close it out in the fourth quarter. Of course, South Carolina, Carolina came all the way back, Don Staley and everything, but the Bruins couldn't close it out. Against Stanford, the Bruins competed at home, back and forth it went, and then a complete power outage at home in the fourth quarter, and Stanford ended up running away with it the final 10 minutes of the game. But if you're competitive at home against Stanford, you can truly battle. Again, they have the Oregon State game where Chris Osborne was out, and they still competed to the fourth. So those are three games before this three-game stretch. Well, let's detail what's cost the Bruins so dearly in the Pac-12 standings, where if they'd won all three, which is a big ask, but you win all three, you're currently in first place, with Stanford being upset by Washington, who is near the bottom of the standings in the Pac-12. So let's talk about it. UCLA losing at Colorado 73-70 to in overtime. That's what started the heartbreak week of, and then some for UCLA. Then you go to Utah, lose at the buzzer in Salt Lake City, a team in the Utes who probably is going to vault into the top five by the time this podcast is posted. And they are tied for first with Stanford as the Bruins lost at Utah 71-69. And then against Arizona, maybe the worst of them all this season in terms of losses, where they had an 11-point lead just about half of the fourth quarter to go. And while they went ice cold against Stanford for the entire fourth quarter, that's one thing, considering Cameron Brink was swatting flies left and right. 
against Arizona, who, if you remember, not too long ago were the national runners-up and lost to Stanford in the national championship game. The Wildcats overcame an 11-point deficit in the second half of the fourth quarter, and the Bruins did not score for the rest of that quarter, only to find themselves scoreless in the first few moments of overtime and eventually losing 71-66. to And who is right above UCLA in the standings? It is Arizona. You win that game, it's flipped. You're ahead of them in the standings by a game. You're slowly creeping up. And instead, UCLA has had to settle for fifth place in the Pac-12 standings, three games out of first, two games out of third, and a game behind Arizona. And all the teams in front of them, especially Arizona and Colorado and Utah, in that three-game slide, they've all taken key wins and bounced further and further ahead of the Bruins with Colorado, two games ahead of UCLA. The Bruins win that game. They're level in the standings. You beat Arizona. You flip-flop in the standings. You beat Utah. You wouldn't be ranked as the Bruins were just around the 15, just outside the 15th-ranked team in the country, where they were edge of a 1-2 to two seed, right? Top 8 for a while, 2-3 to three seed. Now they're bouncing further and further down the line to a, a 4 or 5 seed and dangerously close, if you look on the women's side in bracketology, to when it comes down to the likes of being put in a bad, bad regional, like having to go play South Carolina in the Sweet 16 or Elite 8 if you get through all that, right? As opposed to hosting the first round, hosting a regional, the further and further down you go down, UCLA could find themselves on the wrong end there. So for Corey Close, again, remember, she's playing four freshmen, significant minutes, and sometimes getting five freshmen in there for 10 to 15 minutes at a time in a D1 collegiate basketball game and throwing her around. Throw him around Emily Bessoir, who's coming off an injury last year, right, after her true freshman campaign, which has already dealt with the weird COVID nonsense. You have Charisma Osborne, who has been battling like an absolute baller with a shoulder injury, and she herself has been with some struggle. But you can see end-of-game scenarios are where the Bruins have struggled. And you can put it up to coaching, but you can also put it up to your star player. You can put it up to the youth. And we're going to start with the youth, considering – You've seen what London Jones can do, how dynamic she can be offensively this year. She is UCLA's fourth leading scorer, but has the tenacity to potentially break out for a big game. She had one 20-point game earlier in this season, but in back-to-back games against Arizona and then against Arizona State, she had 20-plus points in back-to-back games for her three. You've got Osborne and Bessoir two and three, but then you've got Kiki Rice, the freshman out of Maryland, who's averaging a smooth, cool 12 points per game. Not exactly the three-point shooter the Bruins thought, but she can get to the free throw line, shoots it at a 74% clip. A pretty good ball handle when it comes to sharing the basketball outside of Gina Conti. And the Bruins had themselves a good score and distributor with Kiki Rice, the only Bruin this year who has started in each and every game. That's freshman Kiki Rice. Even Charisma Osborne had to miss that Oregon State game, albeit with that shoulder injury, only one game. So Kiki Rice has been a nice, solidifying figure. London Jones has been that dynamic player off the bench. And then you have Gabriela Jaquez, who's come in and been up and down in terms of minutes, usage, point production. But when she's on fire, making some important plays offensively, including hitting the boards, six rebounds against Arizona, four rebounds against Arizona State, I believe. You had Corey Close in the halftime interview with Tammy Blackburn and Anne-Marie Anderson in the Pac-12 broadcast. They're talking about Gabriela Jaquez was 
kind of a big, big, important piece when it comes to rebounding the basketball. Offensive rebounding for the Bruins. Hating the glass and getting those second chance points, which are key for UCLA. Because if they're not going to make shots the first time, like they've gone without making buckets, you got to hit the glass and you need to score the basketball. So we've seen a little bit of an up and down for one Gabby Hakez. And then you've seen Lena Sontag out of Germany. Bit up and down, although recently had four points against Arizona State. And we've seen her have some good production, but she's one of those freshmen that sees the court alongside Christine Ayuala. So the Bruins up and down the floor are very young, outside of pretty much Charisma Osborne. And we can see the growing pains for this Bruins team with Charisma Osborne leading the charge, but has that decision to make whether she wants to play her COVID year or leave and go pro. But the Bruins are good, but the youth has cost them. Again, losing down the wire against Colorado, right? You've had a back-and-forth game against Utah to the buzzer, where you had the game won against Arizona, and then you didn't close it out. Those all have some correlations, which why we'll talk about Arizona State in this next segment, what that win maybe might be a springboard for going forward into what might be a distant Pac-12 race and a distant 3-2 and seed. That might be in the rearview mirror. Even though you still got Stanford on the road coming up and a key potential resume-boosting opportunity, we'll talk about all that on Locked on UCLA after we tell you about FanDuel because we're not talking about FanDuel. I lied. We're talking about Built Bar because we'll talk about FanDuel later. Built Bar is a delicious treat that doesn't have any of the fat and calories. You just got to get a Built Bar. Believe me, because it's so good. Might be munching on it, thinking about other things. Wait, this is a Built Bar. It's so good. It's healthy for you. Even if you had an unhealthy winter so far through the New Year's, your New Year's resolution, it's got 100% real chocolate. That's the delicious part. It's got churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. They've got 17 grams of protein. 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. So lean on the calories, lean on the sugar, but gets that protein popping for you. Don't wait right now. Go run to Built.com. Get yourself a 4-bar box. Go run to your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club and get yourself a 13-bar box. Churro, coconut almond, coconut puffs, you're going to want a Built Bar. Believe me on this. Go get to Built.com and get yourself some Built Bars. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Cruising on and locked on to UCLA. Let's talk about UCLA star player. Because I did an episode recently about UCLA women's basketball. And Charisma Osborne is going to lead the Bruins as far as she can take them. And if the freshmen play spectacularly, that's great. But when you need to play the best, you need your best players playing at the best. And while I did talk about the youth and inexperience, going against the likes of Colorado, Utah, and Arizona. What also correlated with that was one Charisma Osborne, who did get back on track. But we're going to tell you first about how maybe that lingering injury could be a key for her shooting struggles. Against Colorado, she went 3 of 16. And then she had a 3 for 7 performance against Utah. And then a 1 for 7 performance 
against Arizona shooting the basketball. Well, she did other things, but when your leading scorer is struggling and shooting the basketball under a 40% clip, high-volume shooting, inefficient rate, but she has been grinding it out despite being banged up, only missing one game with an injury that I believe knocked her out in the Oregon game, missed the Oregon State game, and that you know ended up costing the Bruins a win on the road against an Oregon State team who is near the bottom of the Pac-12 in the Pac-12 standings because they are 3-9, and nine, one of their wins coming against the Bruins at home without Osborne. So that just shows you how important Osborne is. While the youth is surrounding Osborne, and that can lead to if Osborne's not hitting shots, you need someone else to help you out. And down the stretch, you're not scoring any single points against Arizona, which you could have closed it out. You don't want to put it all on Osborne. But for a full game, you could see, despite her shooting bad, the Bruins were leading the Wildcats, who are a ranked club, and are pretty good in the Pac-12 and pretty stacked Pac-12 this season when it comes to basketball on the women's side. But Osborne, who went 7 for 30 in her three games for the Arizona State game, that's 23%, nine points per game, considering she's nearly a 16-point-per-game score. However, Arizona State came. And the Arizona State game, everybody started feeling a lot better. You had three players with 14 or more points. You had London Jones, another 20-piece, shooting the ball well. Jones has turned herself into a 37% three-point shooter, which is, in terms of players who shoot the ball more than 90 times from downtown, the best on the team. Technically, the best and average is Gabby Jaquez, but she does not shoot it as much as Jones. So for the sweet lefty in London Jones, she can score. And it was nice to see Charisma Osborne also get in there with 23 points, five rebounds, four assists on nearly 50% shooting. Seven to 15 from the floor. And that was what is what Corey Close wants, wants to live with and get her best shooter. This is what the Pac-12 broadcast, this is what the broadcast was saying. It's nice to see Osborne getting back in rhythm and even talking about those struggles those last few games, but getting into the depths of Osborne really figuring it out, hoping this is a springboard for some key games moving forward. And in addition to this, despite UCLA turning it over 15 times, I believe, two more than Arizona State, who was at the bottom of the Pac-12, the Bruins found a way to close that game out and move forward with points off turnovers. They ran consistently in this game, getting down the floor, leading it to layups, converting turnovers in the points, and most importantly, shooting nearly 50% in the game, which did start off slowly. Arizona State led this game for about five, seven-ish minutes before UCLA took the lead near the end of the first quarter, despite a very hot Sun Devil team early. The only win this team in the Pac-12, and you thought, oh my goodness, this cannot be the case. You lose three in a row, three heartbreaks, and then you play the worst team in the Pac-12 at home, and you can't close it out. But instead, the Bruins slowly built the lead from the first quarter to halftime and the third quarter and the fourth quarter came and they outscored them by 10 points and said, no, no, we're not waiting anymore. Shut the door down and said goodnight to the Sun Devils and got themselves a key losing streak, snapping victory to end the Schneid and get the Bruins back in the wind calm, which puts them at 18 and six. And again, let's look at these Pac-12 standings. 10 and two Utah, 10 and two Stanford, nine and three Colorado, eight and four Arizona, and 7-5 and five Utah, UCLA, excuse me, tied with USC. But because of the head-to-head tiebreaker with the Bruins sweeping the Trojans, go Bruins, they have the head-to-head, and they're just above USC in the standings, who also is a very unique team, considering they have beaten the likes 
of Stanford, but they also lost to Arizona as well. So a big week across the Pac-12 on the women's side this weekend. So UCLA may be seeing this as a springboard game, albeit against the worst team in the Pac-12. Arizona State 7-14, in the conference. Although they got their next game against Cal, so they might pick off the Golden Bears. UCLA has a big opportunity in front of them with three of the next four games, two of the next four, potentially revenge games, and two other ones tricky on the opposite ends of that. Because UCLA, now they got an interesting schedule heading forward. But it's nice to see Osborne and the Bruins playing a lot better, beating Arizona State and closing them out in a key victory to, to you know, figure it out against the Sun Devils, 82-63, to 63, 50% from three, just about 47% from the floor, hitting 15 of their 16 free throws. Lord knows sometimes they have missed some free throws in key games against South Carolina in a nine-point game. They missed six free throws. This time against Arizona State, they made their free throws. In a game that went to overtime against Arizona, they missed five free throws, seven free throws against Utah in a game they lost at the buzzer, and a game they lost in a one-possession game in overtime to Colorado. They missed four free throws. So it's nice to see the Bruins do everything they needed to do and get the win and continue to score 70-plus points while doing so. So Corey Close's team may have broken it, but this is what's coming up after I tell you about FanDuel. Yes, I teased it earlier incorrectly, but now they're playing and getting ready for FanDuel because this year the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. There's so many great features that makes betting on sports fun and easy. Download, download FanDuel right now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets. If you don't win, from money line to point spreads, who'll score a touchdown, FanDuel lets you bet on all of that. That's why it's a safe and easy app with FanDuel. Super safe, easy, secure, easy to use, and you can get your winnings paid instantly. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and get your first, your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57 at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL and with us at Locked On. So here we are cruising into the final segment of Locked On UCLA. I've been teasing this schedule and the Bruins have a very brutal schedule to end the season. You go host Oregon State in Oregon, which is fine, right? Friday, Sunday. In a game where you want to rematch against Oregon State, a healthy Charisma Osborne. And if it's any signs, any indication of her getting back to 100%, that game against Arizona State, the way she shot the ball, hit the open three a couple of times, then the rest of the league, the teams in the tournament should watch out for the Bruins. Although the three-game slide may have hurt their championship hopes in the Pac-12, and for an NCAA championship based on hurting their seed lines. But they get Oregon State at home, looking to get another key win against Oregon. They already beat Oregon this year on the road, but they are slowly moving down. The Ducks were ranked. They're now 14-9, and 5-7. So a pair of teams that are very sneaky, odd to play, but the Bruins will be motivated considering they went on the road, lost at Oregon State by 5 with the healthy Osborne. They would love to atone for that and show the committee, hey, we were without our best player, our leading scorer, close back-to-back games, and they should have won that game. They could have won that game against the Beavers. They had to come all the way back, but did not do so on the road in Corvallis. Against what used to be a perennially pretty good Oregon State program on the women's side, but not the moment. They're under 500 in Oregon, 
is slowly falling back down as down to earth as well. So UCLA's got to pick off both these Oregon schools because that Oregon win early in the season is not looking as good. And that Oregon State loss, well, that'll just be a, a bugaboo on the UCLA resume to the committee. At Cal, that's a sneaky game because they've been close in many games, close to beating a Washington State who's 16-7. and seven. They've been close to beating Stanford. They've given so many teams some rough times this season, but Cal's only 2-10. and 10. So the Bruins cannot, after the Oregon games, go on the road and lose to Cal, and lose to Cal considering they play them Friday night and not get caught looking forward to a Monday night nationally televised matchup against Stanford. Monday, February 20th. Because you get a weird last week of Pac-12 play where the Bruins have to go host the Oregon schools, go up to Cal, go up to Stanford, where the Bruins get that one last eye-popping victory on the road in Stanford, considering Stanford just lost to Washington by five on the road to a team that's 13-9, 5-7. That's how much parity there is in the Pac-12 this season. This isn't that dominant Stanford team that we would have assumed they would have with the Haley Jones and a Cameron Brink. It's a little bit different this year. So you go play Stanford on a Monday, and then you take on the Washington schools on a Thursday and a Saturday to end February, and then you go to Vegas and have the Pac-12 tournament, which could be another couple of, you know, as we talk about net victories, all that quad one, quad two, get those resume-building, boosting victories. And Stanford's the one that stands out but all three of these looming matchups before that could be games where you can get caught looking forward, teams who can play some defense. Arizona State hung tough with the Bruins for 20-plus minutes. You could argue 25 if you wager with me. But UCLA, they have some key games they need to win so they can get over to 20-plus wins this season for a team that did not make the tournament last year in UCLA. And then that Stanford game is so incredibly crucial. That could completely change UCLA's path it's not just the Pac-12 tournament, but in the NCAA, NCAA tournament. And that could change from Sweet 16, you play at South Carolina, as they were initially with a bracketology I saw a few weeks ago. Or you could change it, get to a much better side of the bracket, play a team that is probably overrated. Don't really know what the top 25 is right now at the recording of this podcast, but the Bruins need that Stanford win. They don't. It won't hurt them. But a good showing and a victory and a 4-0 burst heading to the final week of the regular season would give the Bruins a much-needed boost. Because it's a little different to look 18-6 and six and 7-5 and five compared to, oh, wait a minute, 22-6, and six, you're 11-5, and five, you beat Stanford on the road, you atoned your Oregon State loss, you atoned two of your losses, right, from earlier in this season, and then you got to go to the Pac-12 tournament and try and right the ship and get things ready, retooled, and focus for the NCAA tournament. They got the team to do it. The talented freshmen are there. Charisma Osborne slowly building. You got Bessoir, who's been playing pretty well. Bruins are that close. They're that close. But again, we've said this so many times. Six times this year they've been that close. And just falling on the wrong side of things. Maybe it's a year of bad bounces until the tournament. And they go on a run. That would be so fun to get them on a late run in March. Go knock off some you know, overrated teams across the country. But here we are, UCLA's in a key crucial stretch where they've got to erase those three games in their mind and take down some teams ahead of them. And that's going to do it here for Locked On UCLA. So go check out Locked On College Basketball. We also have a Locked On Women's Basketball 
So check that out too. Those are two very good podcasts for college basketball, women's basketball in general with this Locked On UCLA Women's Basketball Edition. So go check them out. Andy Patton, Isaac Shade are the hosts of Locked On College Basketball. Make that your second listen. UCLA fans, I'm Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer, signing off. Get your hands in the air, Bruins fans. It clap time, baby. All the sports going at once. Be excited and hit that subscribe button on YouTube. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U C L A. U C L A. Fight, fight, fight. Get excited. This has been locked on UCLA. Go Bruins.